Welcome back to Coffee and Cuts. I'm Jonathan Meek, and we're so excited that you joined us today. I'm here with Pastor Brett, and this week we want to spend some time recapping the Inconvenient Truths series. We just got done going through nine weeks of the different Inconvenient Truths, yep. and we ran the gamut on, on a little bit of everything. If I had to summarize it up, it would be get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> so that's a good way uh, to describe Inconvenient Truths, yeah. I think it was a journey through discomfort, you know, and that's what it was meant to be. Um, you know, this, this thing started uh, as kind of a social media experiment. Um, in fact, Coffee and Cuts, this is, this is interesting, um, a lot of viewers probably don't realize this, is that you're actually the person who dreamed up Coffee and Cuts, <laughs> and you didn't even know that you were dreaming it up. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> right? I, I had posted something funny about cutting my kid's uh, hair. And, uh, I'm a dangerous man with a clipper in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, I was making Bruno jokes, and, and Jonathan got on the thread and said, hey, Coffee and Cuts with Pastor Brett, and this should be the name of your new like podcast. Like It was like a smiley face, tongue-in-cheek, like, totally a joke. And, totally. and I remember um, when, I, when I read that, I was like, there's something to that name. And I started passing it around. I was like, hey, this is something we were thinking about doing. What do you think? And people were like, oh, I love it. It's stick. It's, you know, I get it. And, uh, you know, this, this whole idea of inconvenient truths um, really partnered with Coffee and Cuts in that way, in a, in a really symbiotic way, because um, inconvenient truths started on social media, too. It started with me essentially asking the internet, asking Facebook, hey, um, we want to do a new series that does pull us into some uncomfortable areas of the Bible. Uh, what are some of the things that Jesus specifically said in the New Testament? Obviously, there's lots of uncomfortable things, inconvenient truths, way outside the Gospels. But we just said, hey, in, in the Gospels, what are some of the things that Jesus said? And, and what are they inconvenient? Why are they inconvenient to you? And man, we just got like, I forget how many, how many responses. I mean, like, What's, 60. What's interesting like about that. that is is people, for whatever reason, if you ask someone to their face, you might get a mixed response. But something about putting it online and someone about being behind their keyboard or on their phone, they're just a little bit more vulnerable and willing to share what some of those things are, right? Yeah, I think I think it gave them a, a, a space to be able to like think about it and say, okay, this is... Uh, an inconvenient truth to me, and here's why. And so, you know, I mean, we got all these responses, and a lot of them were duplicates. You can imagine, um, you know, forgiveness. That was a big one. Or unforgiveness, really, you know, when, when someone wrongs you to forgive them and to love them and to bless them. And that's a pretty inconvenient truth, you know. And so a lot of people struggled with that. Um, you know, uh, worry. You know, when we did that week on worry, a lot of people, you know, had that inconvenient truth of Jesus saying, do not worry. Yep. You know, and, uh, and and so, I mean, there there were a lot of overlaps. And then we just tried to really boil down, pray over all the rest of them and say, okay, Lord, we, we see these areas of concentration. We think these should be weeks because there were so many people who were concerned about them. And then some of the more isolated ones, like this one that we just did, uh, which I think there was only one person who wrote this one in um, for uh, the last Inconvenient Truths that we did with um, communion and uh, the, the source of true communion was the title of the, of the message from John 6. Um, but someone was like, hey, uh, you know, there's a communion coming up. Are you going to talk about when Jesus says, unless if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, there's no life in you? And I was like, yeah, I think we probably should. Yeah, I'll probably cover that one. So, so I'm curious, yeah. as the pastor, as someone who spends... Uh, so much time, more than, than the average person probably, uh, in the Word and preparing for these sermons. You, you gave all of them. What did God speak to you out of all of them? Which is the one that resonated to you or spoke to you most during this season of your life? Mm. Yeah, you know, I think the thing that Jesus shared with me through this time, Jonathan, is, is, is that I'm not 
I didn't say hard things just to be hard on you, you know? And I think that's, that's the deep truth is, is Jesus didn't just say these things to be hard. He said these things because they, they lead to life. And, uh, and they are really hard. You know, forgiveness is hard. Not having anxiety and, and, and not worrying and, and giving up my necessity to control and manipulate situations so that I feel like I have some power over them rather than giving it over to the Lord and trusting and abiding. Uh, that he has a story for me, even if I can't see what it is in front of me. You know, it's, it's just, these are difficult things. And I don't know if there was one that just really stood out to me more than anything. I think it's just Jesus reminding me, saying, you know, I didn't say these things just to make a name for myself. I said these things because I'm God. And I said these things because they bring life. Yeah, no doubt. You know, what I find interesting is that all of them, we've, we've talked about this offline, is is I don't know if there was anything, at least for me, that was new. You know, I've been a Christian for, for most of my life, mm-hmm. know a lot of these things, but it's just refocusing sort of through each of those lenses uh, and getting regrounded. And again, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's like if you're truly following in the footsteps of Jesus, it, you're not going to the country club, you're going to the hospital, yeah. right? And there's such a big gap there in, in what people want to maybe think that church is like sort of in America with, you know, overproductionized, uh, you know, Sunday morning and it's all about me and I'm a consumer and I'm going to show up 2.4 times a month and I'm going to do what's convenient for me. And it's cliche with, with the, with the title of it with inconvenience. And it's like, man, you, it, it's just, it's so different with, uh, with actually in the execution of this thing Hmm. and walking the walk versus just talking the talk. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the other end of it then too, you know, is, is Jesus saying, you know, I'm not just saying it to be hard. I'm saying it because it, it leads to life. And, and what you just said is there's an exciting life in actually following Jesus and the things that he said and did. And, and, and I think that's one thing that I just feel like so many people are missing. Like, I don't know about you. I know you, you travel a lot. You talk to a lot of people. Um, been a Christian a long time. You know, I don't, I just don't always meet Christians. And I wish I could say this with like 100% uh, of the time this happens, but I just don't always meet Christians who just, are living that excited life. Yeah. They're not living this joy-filled, dangerous, exciting walk of leading people to Jesus and discipling those who love Him and know Him. And, and you know, they're just plodding through. They're going along. They're going to church 2.4 times a month. Going through the motions. They're going through the motions. And, and, and they just, you know, they're just not striking me as like, wow, I'm living this radically full life and and I may not have all the money I may not have all the health I may not have all the things that the world tells me I'm gonna need to like be happy and whole but I'm living this really full life because I'm following Jesus yeah right well what's the fruit right that's what we talked about a couple weeks ago you know I, I think the question becomes if you push the mute button on your life and you looked over the past seven days What's the fruit or evidence that you'd be a Christian? Or do you just look like any other normal good person? Hmm. And then what's within your control is if that mute button's still going for the next seven days, you have the opportunity today to make a change. You know, and yeah. it starts with taking a little step like we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there, there's something in this series that, that the Lord really wanted to come yeah, to birth at certainly at Calvary, where where you know we call home, and I realize there's people online who are, who are watching who aren't a part of Calvary, but I, but I think every church embodies this this same ethos, especially in North America, that there's this sense of very comfortable, complacent, controlled Christianity. You know, we have this box uh, that we that we say, okay, this is this is what you know church looks like, and and God fits in there, and and it's whatever the culture is, whatever your church is, you know, that's what fills that box. 
And then there's when we leave the building, when we go out, and now what, right? Who are we? Who do we become? And so many people just put a period right at the, you know, at the end of Sunday morning. They're like, oh, that was great. You know, church was awesome. You know? I'm, I'm fulfilled. Like, I'm fulfilled. <laughs> I'm good. You know, I did my, I did my thing. And, and, and the period goes on when, when it's really supposed to be, you know, uh, a semicolon. It's like it's, it's the comma that, that there's more to come after it. There's more to that sentence than what was just said. And I think that's the thing that we're missing in our hey, you're culture. You're spot on. And we talked about this last week, you know. So, it, you know, it, so the question becomes for those who are watching, over the last seven days, did you do anything about it? Yeah. You know, it's like all the answers to the test are out there. This is not a hard one to figure out. Right. But it comes down to myself as an individual or yourself or who's ever watching for taking action, taking a step out. And I guarantee you, if you take a step, God's going to take a step and meet you right in the middle. Yeah, 100% agree. I think that's the question that every pastor, you know, asks at the end of their message mm -hmm. is, uh, what are what are people going to do with this? What what is the next step? And and uh, you know we try as hard as we can uh, to be in the spirit and to lay out what we believe is the most Christ honoring, edifying step that we can give. But at the end of the day, like like you said, you're going to have to take that step. You're going to have to apply it. And not only are you going to have to apply it, you're actually going to have to care for the step of your brother mm -hmm. and the step of your sister. That's right. It's not just hey man, look I do me. I I, I walk my walk and I you know, okay I'm good. I don't care about you. What, that's not scriptural Christianity. That's not the church. No, and the Bible tells me to, to, to look after you, not just because I'm your pastor, because I'm your friend. Mm -hmm. And the vice versa for you, you know, to be able to say, hey, Brett, man, how are you doing? You know, how's life? What's going well? What's not going well? So, you know, when we go to these inconvenient truths, we do need to go back to our brothers and sisters. Certainly start with ourselves, but then to be able to go out of ourselves and say, hey, man, tell me about, you know, how you're doing, uh, not being spiritually emaciated. Make sure you're getting the nutrition of a relationship with Jesus into your heart and soul. Where are you eating? You know, what have you eaten since Sunday? And to ask your brother and let, let them tell you how their diet's been in Jesus. Yeah, no doubt. And, and people just got to start getting uh, okay with being vulnerable too. You know, it's, it, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I remember it, there's this precedence in the church that everything's okay. I'm so buttoned up and my life's fine. And yeah, I know that there's, People that are struggling with stuff, but oh, not me, because heaven forbid that I have right. something that that uh, is challenging or a tough season that you're going through with life. But when you have that community via small groups or you know your brothers and sisters within your local church, uh, there's so much more accountability, people to help you get through those times, so you're not just feeling like a, a person out there on your own. Yeah, yeah, you know, I 100% agree, and, and and I think if if I was to say, you know, what two things were, were mission critical in this series, right? What two things really stood out to me as being just mission imperative? One would would have been the the week where we talked about, um, you know, the road to life is an arrow, and few will find it, and the road to destruction is wide, and many enter by it. You know, there's this just this deep sense within me that we need to bring that message to the local church and say, hey, don't don't think you're saved because you you went to church your whole life or right. went to Christian school or, you know, even had really good things around you to, to ultimately point you to Jesus. Unless if you've eaten of the living bread that is Jesus Christ and you've entered into that relationship with Him personally, you know, you you are outside of that promise still, and so it doesn't matter. Proximity doesn't make you righteous, right? So. That call of bringing evangelism to the local church, I think, is is so critical, and making sure we're rightly reconciled with God for the right reasons. Yeah, you bet. Right, and then so the second thing would be then the purpose of the church. So now that the church is the bride of Christ, one with Christ, reconciled to Christ, believing in Christ, 
now it's the church has to be a hospital, not a country club. Now it's the we have to be an emergency room for the broken. We have to accept that we are broken, that Jesus Christ has healed us, that we've been redeemed with a purpose and by a power of mercy and love. And now we have to bring that same presence into our Sunday mornings, but also every other day between Sundays. Mm -hmm. And if there's anything that you know, I would say that I just felt like God lit a fire under my soul, but under the souls of a lot of people at our church, and I pray churches that are out there watching this too are those two simple things make sure that you know the folks who say they're Christians are walking with Christ and there's fruit of that and that they are on the narrow road because the narrow road brings on to a narrow life that is full of joy but also that the local church is being the hospital that it needs to be uh, because man the world doesn't need a bunch of country club Christians today Jonathan there's, there's nothing I want less in my life as a follower of Jesus, I don't even want to be associated with that. It just it makes me feel sick to think, oh, I have to be this really polished, perfect person and be so buttoned up and be so laced up and I just can't have uh, any sense of, of anything being wrong in me. Otherwise, people won't think well of me. That's just so opposite of what Jesus has come yeah, to free us from. And dude, there is life in Jesus and there's hardship in the life of those who love Jesus, but you know what? The power we have to get through it is different than the power we had before Christ. And the way that you are today and the way that I am today is a direct reflection of God's mercy, tenderness, and love. Dude, that's a good, good life. Mm. It doesn't make it an easy life. Amen. But we got to share that with the world. Real quick, before we close out here, I know we're running short on time. This series was fantastic. I know we're going, getting ready to start a new series. You want to give us a little bit of a, a blurb on what's uh, in store for uh, us at Calvary? Yeah, so the next series we're going to do, Jonathan, is called Testify. Mm. And it's a series where we're going to be able to just focus in on the fact that God has given us a story that He wants to share for, for His glory. Mm. Uh, that God has given the world His story called the Gospel in Jesus. And, and, and how He is going to impart within each one of us an ability to bring our story out to the world. Uh, we're going to be capturing a ton of testimonies, sharing them on Sunday and throughout the week. It's going to be, uh, I think, a series that God's going to deeply use. And uh, it's an opportunity for you through Facebook or wherever you're interacting with us on YouTube or off the website uh, to even write us, email us, um, message us through social media and let us know some things that you would love to see in Coffee and Cuts in the season to come. We think the greatest idea we haven't had yet is still inside your chest. So let it out, let us know. We would love to put it in the, in the